0: You're listening to the Tuesday Talks podcast, your source of truth in communications, identity management, and technology, hosted by Numerical. Welcome to Tuesday Talks, a live discussion series where we shed light and bring truth to emerging topics in the communications industry. I'm Rebecca Johnson, founder and CEO of Numerical. And I'll be co hosting today's session with Stuart Discount, CEO of SMD Contact Center Consulting and co chair of the Enterprise Communications Advocacy Coalition. It's great to have you here with us today, Stuart. Welcome. Great. So, here's something that's a little bit different. So, our Tuesday talks have been very heavy on the technology side, covering telecom standards and latest uh, and trending technologies affecting enterprises of truly all industries. But there is something else that has just as much impact on enterprises and their ability to engage or connect with their consumers, customers, patients, and members, and that is regulations and laws. Too many business leaders ignore one of the greatest entry points for negative and positive impacts on its ability to communicate through the technologies we often discuss on Tuesday Talks. So before starting Numerical, I was actually focused on privacy, security, and communication compliance, which included TCPA, TSR, GLB, short code rules, CanSpam Act, and so on. The list just never ended. One of my greatest frustrations with that job was that it seemed as though the people who wrote these rules and regulations did not understand how businesses operated, how the technologies they regulated were leveraged by the businesses. And overall, it just seemed like a disconnect from the business impacts. While I absolutely do appreciate support of the consumer voice being considered, what was evident to me was the lack of the enterprise voice whether it be retail business, restaurants, auto industry, hospitals, financial institutions, schools, government entities themselves, and so on. And this left me in the position of really trying to figure out how to be compliant, even when uh, you know it didn't make sense to be compliant and there were moments like that. Also, I had to consider how do I minimize the financial impact that these rules and regulations had on our line of business and really it just put me in the passenger seat on all of these rules and if you know me i am not one to sit quietly in the passenger seat so no surprise that i did something to put me and businesses in the driver's seat so based on a network of powerhouse industry leaders and influencers a small group to advocate on Capitol Hill and regulatory agencies, notably the FTC and FCC, was formed to protect legal communications from overbearing rules. This group is known as the Enterprise Communications Advocacy Council, which I co-chair with Stuart Discount. Working together with organizations, we seek to identify the industry issues impacting our businesses, so we can come together to advocate and impact a positive change so Stuart, that just leads me into you know i did mention industry powerhouse and influencer so that describes you (laughs) so um what i would like to to dive into you know one of the most fascinating things when i first met you it was well it was years ago (laughs) before i started numerical even Um, and i was fascinated to hear really the hard work that you had done with regards to TCPA. And now I had been working on TCPA really from that compliance standpoint for, oh gosh, like the last eight years or so. And I really didn't know anybody was out there advocating on behalf of it. And I learned and appreciated that you have to have a voice. So I I would like for the group to just understand, honestly, every single person listening has benefited because of this man's work. They really have. So can you just share a little bit of your background of how you've always been in the driver's seat on rules and regulations?
1: Uh, Thanks, Rebecca. Um, Fortunately or unfortunately, I've been in the industry for probably longer than um, almost anybody on this call. And and, and sometimes uh, I find myself being before people were born. So it's it's a little oddity there. Um, but I've always felt that, you know, I I had a business called one-to-one direct response. Uh, I was in this industry of being highly regulated. I was also on the nonprofit side. So that came with another whole level of regulation. And if I was going to run a business and, um, risk my, uh, you know, my employment and and, uh, my employees, I had to be compliant, but I had to be, I had to know what was going on I had to be able to be in some position where I could help direct some of the stuff that's happening um you know congress has this tremendous uh, f- uh fall, is that they pass legislations and there's unintended consequences and they just in a way don't even care about them but they really don't know about them and so i really got involved in the advocacy side of the industry when i joined the american teleservices association and i would, when i became chairman of that we, this was actually do not call days is when I first started as chairman. In fact, I was at the final hearing of the appeals court in Oklahoma, um, where we lost, unfortunately, and then our appeal wasn't accepted to the uh, Supreme Court, but I was chairman of the ATA at the time. So I've always had this involvement, um, whether it be at the federal level or the state level, um, of trying to promote the good side of our business, because let's face it, there are bad actors out there that um, everybody thinks that you know they're they're bad telemarketers, really the criminals over the years, and they just use the phone as their um, their tool uh, of criminality. Um, so um, so that was the that was my start, and then uh, through the years with between ATA and Pace, and my uh, I ran their government affairs um, can I guess committee for over ten years, and I took over uh, three years as CEO of Pace. Um, and, uh, you know, we were, we were always dealing with the regulatory side of the business. You know, most everything that affected the industry was we were waiting to see what was going to happen. Congress did something and then the FTC or the FTC said, okay, we got, we have the power now, and this is what we're going to do. So the industry has always been, in my opinion, reactive. Okay. We've been waiting for the shoe to drop. And then we'd go and we'd complain and we tell them our sad stories. But the damage was already done, because Congress had the power to legislate and give the regulatory bodies the um, uh, the, the the authority to do certain things that you know were anti-business, always pro-customer, always even when the customer is wrong. I guess a lot of us look at that same way: the customer is always right. Well, Congress obviously thinks that as well, um, and that's. But there are again consequences of, of having that uh, close-minded. Thing, um, so that's what I've been doing, um, advocating for this industry for close to thirty some years now, and it's probably the most enjoyable part of my involvement in the call center industry and in the contact center industry. And uh, you know, I've been on TV shows, I've been in interviews, and it's always, you know, you know, it's tough because you know we get picked on all the time. Um, you know, I remember when Mitch Roth was uh, the when I was chairman, he was our council, and he said, you know what? I'm the worst thing. I'm a lawyer representing tough marketers. <laughs> he says, you can't get my school lower than that. And I bring up Mitch because Mitch is our legal counsel for the ECAC. Yes, yes. <laughs> so
0: You know, and, um, and you're so right. And that's what was interesting is I felt like I was all alone when I was in that compliance regulatory role and reacting to. I mean, it's a very defeating and frustrating space to be in for all businesses. And that's what I realized because I was representing different industries and I had to kind of reconcile how does this affect this industry and that industry and their types of communication, is this text, is this voice? And it just became so overwhelming that a lot of times the responses just don't use that channel. And then it actually ends up being a negative for the consumer. So here's this rule and it's set out to protect consumers. And all it does is actually at the end of the day, impact the consumer in a negative way. And I felt very strongly About that, that enterprises were being um, presented with a bad reputation. And we exist to provide services, especially on my healthcare and the hospital side. Um, I remember I had to fight very hard to just uh, get texting accepted as a communication channel within healthcare due to the regulations and the oversight and the rules and everything on it. It was just too much. It was just too much. And people just give up and they don't leverage it. So there has to be you know, a balance, uh, in that space. And what we're really talking about here is, you know, it's really kind of funny because in the stir shaken side, there's all this talk about the enterprise gap. Well, that enterprise gap is everywhere. <laughs> there is an enterprise gap with regards to the voice within, um, the rules and the regulations. So let's talk a little bit about ECAC, you know, it's what we use for the, the short acronym. Um, I was really excited. Um, you know, Stuart, you and I have known each other and Mitch uh, Roth, you know, have known each other. And I think we all just complained to each other is how we got started. Yes. <laughs> you know, how right. Well,
1: you know what, let me just add something to that, because the first time that we really started doing business together was, uh, because I had several members of uh, Pace, um, my larger enterprises who were making a lot of outbound calls, who had called me and said, at the same time, we're all having problems with connect rates. All of a sudden, it was like... You know, it was like it dipped like 25, 30, 35 percent, and they didn't know if this was something industry-wide, there was a telecom issue, whatever. Um, and that's when you came into, um, you know, in our, our our site for someone who really understood yeah. what was actually happening. And that's the first time we ever found out yeah. about analytic yeah. companies. You know, that's the first time we heard of First Orion and Haya yeah. and TNS. I mean, we knew nothing about them, and you alerted it to us. And that's when um, this all fun time started yeah. happening.
0: Yeah, uh, that was our first coalition you know, together, then. and it was a funny event because uh, none of you really knew me. Yeah. I actually spoke um, about TCPA compliance at uh, kind of a satellite offsite uh, in Omaha, and that's where I had met, you know, one of the members. And I said, I think that I need actually. It was one of the top major carriers who called me because I sounded the alarm when I was on the FCC robocall strike force, and everything I predicted came true. And I received this phone call from one of the major care, you know, wireless carriers. And they said, what do we do? And my first response was, we well, don't need to listen to me. I think you should be listening to the businesses. And so that's when I immediately reached out and did that presentation. And I, and I, I still have that deck somewhere. And I remember at the end of it, it was complete silence. And all I got was, who the hell are you? <laughs> and I, going, I was like, oh my God, they don't like me. This is not, and it was a scary message. And that, and, and I, I knew I was like, we have to do something about this. And that was our first time working together as with a coalition. It was a communication protection coalition. And we brought together the FCC, FTC, all the major wireless carriers, the analytics providers. And we really demonstrated as a group that we can work together on both sides. And I think because of that experience and what we've been able to achieve, the reputation of myself, you, and Mitch is very well known. Um, We are educators. We want to be educators about the enterprise space uh, to the lawmakers on what are the impacts of these rules. We're not sitting here as in a a coalition to say, we don't want you doing anything. Um, We do appreciate and understand the consumer side and that needs to be considered, but not to the detriment of businesses from that perspective. Exactly.
1: Exactly. You know, and so, you know, one of the things that I guess drove us to to really start the, the ECAC was that most of the government affairs and advocacy work being done in the industry, as I said earlier, was really reactive, okay? And and, and truthfully, most of the rea- uh, most of the action was really with the FCC and the FTC. Um, and so Congress really was out of it. You know, Congress would always say, you, you know what, go back to the regulatory bodies. But with the TCPA and the lawsuit and, and, the, and the ATDS um, decision by the, uh, the Supreme Court, basically, you know, basically what it did was it put everything back in Congress's hands. They had to go and, um, you know, re-legislate, re, uh, I guess is, is a good word for them to do. So, you know, but to do that, you have to have access to Congress, okay? You just can't walk in. Um, You know, we used to go once a year with Pace to a legislative conference. And every year we were just reintroducing ourselves. You know, I'm so and so from this company and here's our ideas. And basically we want to be your resource. And then fast forward to the next legislative conference. And it was the same conversation because there was never a sustained uh, advocacy effort on this. So uh, that's why we started the ECAC, because we said, you know what, we got we got to get to Congress. We got. We have to let these folks hear that businesses are actually being harmed here by some of this legislation, and you're not even listening to us. You haven't heard our side of the story, and so that's what we did for the ECAC. And we have we have a permanent lobbying lobbying firm in Washington that's representing us every day, including you know us working there too. Yep.
0: Yep. And I think you know from that perspective, one thing that people don't appreciate and understand is that specifically to communications. So why are we just enterprise communications advocacy? It's communications because when it comes to introducing bills and laws, this is a bipartisan supported group. It's got both sides of the house, it's got both sides of the Senate. There is no division typically on where these, you know, when these laws get proposed. The only division I see is whenever you have two different you know senators and they want their name on it, right? Like that's when you have a battle. But the fact that, like the TRACE Act, that didn't get a lot of pushback, right? So when it comes to rules and regulations around communications, it is not that difficult to get it through and get it passed uh, because everybody rallies around it. And it's a really good topic for the voters. I mean, this is this is a space that gets the support that they're looking for. So it's, it's egregious that we haven't had uh, this type of coalition and focus. Um, I'm based in the DC area. And as part of the ECAC, as Stuart mentioned, uh, I'm all day at visiting all day. I have my calendar, marked, Capitol Hill. That's it all day. And so, you know, we are dedicating a lot of time and effort into getting that recognition and to be the go-to. And it's been great, Stuart. The response has been a lot more welcoming than I thought, I'll be honest with you, it was a little bit scary to sit in front of uh, these leaders and go, I represent businesses and we want to dial you, right? What was funny, though, one, um, it was a uh, congressman, August Fluger in Texas, uh, District 11, and he literally goes, oh, yeah, my campaign calls were getting blocked. It's <laughs> like, oh, right, oh right. they can relate. Yep. <laughs> they didn't realize it. They oh, didn't yeah. realize it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? When, when you go to Congress, and you're, most of the time you're actually talking to the chief of staff or the legislative director, who and they and they're experts in like I shouldn't say experts with a quote, in that they have different uh, subjects that they have to monitor for their the elected official. So they have a superficial understanding. Um, they think they're experts, but they're really superficial because they really don't know the business, and and then that's really been a problem, and so. Uh, educating the FCC and FTC is really um, in a way futile. Although I will tell you that when the three, in the old TCPA with the 3% rule on abandonment rate, you know, the the FTC and FCC had two different uh, definitions or rules for that. And we did have a meeting with um, Lois Greisman in the FTC It was myself, it was Mitch was actually there, and Tim Searcy was there. And uh, we actually got them to change the FTC because they all of a sudden understood the explanation of why a 3% per day abandonment rate doesn't make any sense. And why over a 30-day period, which is what the FCC had, really did. And they understood it. We actually were able to put a graph together and show them, and they changed it. But usually they're not that... (laughs) (laughs) ready to listen (laughs) um you know because they always think we have an agenda um that you know protecting our businesses is really what we're trying to protect
0: yeah yeah and and you bring up an important point is that education and one thing that we have done through the ecac is bridge a gap over to the consumer side uh because there is a strong organized consumer voice. And again, I'm a consumer. I love that this exists. We're, we're all thankful that this exists. Uh, but typically the enterprise has not engaged on the consumer side except to argue. And while some might say I'm very argumentative, no I'm not, just, you know, just come to the table with your uh, uh, expertise and I'll have a good conversation with you if you don't come to the table, well, it's gonna feel like I'm arguing. But uh, so broke down those, those walls with the consumer side. And what, what we just learned was, there's some information sharing that we need on both sides. There were some things about the consumer challenges, the consumer um, you know, impact that they're trying to advocate for that I wasn't fully aware of. And then same on the, the vice versa side is, let me tell you what happens when you go and lobby for these particular communication restrictions, that has an impact on such and such industry, where their type of communication, and I can bring it right back around to the consumer because it does, it absolutely has an impact on the consumer. And so, you know, through this coalition, we're able to even bridge that gap and that's not been done. Um, and we're just, I mean, Stuart, we're not even a year into this. And we have done so much work under this coalition. So, you know, and we have gotten just like the, the Lois Greisman, who I, I do enjoy working um, with the FTC and, and Greisman is is a great leader over there. And um, we've, we've gotten turnaround, even on consumer side, even on filings, even on filings that have been already previously made with the FCC, the NCLC retracted some based on learning and understanding how things really impact the enterprise.
1: Right? No, no, a- absolutely. Um, I'm amazed we've gotten this far, you know, with some filings that we did, but but we're getting attention from Congress, which is really wh- why we really started this. I mean, your day tomorrow is filled with meetings on the Hill. I'm meeting t- tomorrow, uh, next week, actually, up here in the New Jersey area with two congressmen at their offices. Um, and, um, you know, hopefully, because it's not just a TCPA anymore. It's data privacy. Companies that did not do telemarketing never really had any worries, but they do now. Because data privacy is a huge issue that if you don't, you know, if we have 50 state laws, you, can you imagine the compliance cost? And then what, have, what if you make a mistake? Okay. Um, it was like California's law has a um, private right of action. And we know the TCBA, you're not scared of the FCC. You're scared of the, the law law firms who are trying to sue you. So, um, so this is another area that we're tackling because we're promoting one federal law. And the consumer groups actually want one federal law as well. They don't want to exempt state laws, unfortunately, which is the big difference. But that makes federal law worthless anyway, if you don't. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so we, 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 we've we actually done a lot, and I think um, we're, we're gaining a lot of traction now. And, uh, you know, and, and it's also good is that we're in front. Okay, so if you're a company that wants to... Make sure that someone's out there working for you, but you can't be out there because, let's face it, sometimes it's bad PR. Um, you know, Rebecca, you, I guess Mitch and I really don't care about our PR. <laughs> yeah, we really don't Maybe care we should, I don't it. know.
0: <laughs> I'm not tethered to anything, so <laughs> it gives
1: right, me freedom. <laughs> right, So, you know, so I think we're all in the same vein. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and that is a good point. You know, the... Um, whenever we were talking about in the founding stages of this, you know, who are we, what do we want to be, and you know that a big part of that is who is going to be a member um, of this coalition, and everybody that's come to us, that privacy uh, with regards to their membership is something that um, we do protect. We're, We're not established in a way that we have to reveal who is a part of the coalition, Um, but it's definitely a good place for your regulatory, uh, council to participate in. You're going to miss things that are happening on the Hill unless, I mean, you have to have somebody, um, and you can either hire, hire a lobbying group who typically if you're hiring a lobbying group, they're doing a lot of other things. They're probably more lobbying for your business line, whether it's financial or banking or whatever it may be. And that's great. But we're zeroed in on communications and there are active we got just another one next week another bill proposed um, around communications and i think we're just going to keep seeing more and more of those types of proposals and we have to get yeah, it no the no
1: absolutely yeah we're seeing them every. we are using the firm uh, the vogel group which actually one of the larger um lobbying groups uh, with and represent both the democratic side and the republican side so we have access um, and, um, they've been good so far in getting us this access and, uh, you know, um, just as a shameless plug, I guess, if anybody would like to find out more about us, can contact Rebecca, they can get contact me and we can tell you more. Um, again, we're not an association, we're really just a coalition of and business folk who want to have a voice, yeah. you know, yeah. um,
0: Absolutely. really. So, Stuart, uh, we'd like to end our talks with, you know, identifying three key things that you would like to share um, with the audience.
1: Uh, one is that, you know, there is now a voice in D.C. with lobbying uh, through the ECAC and some of our members. Um, so that that's one thing. Another one is data privacy. Um, nothing to do with the coalition. Just make sure that you're aware of what's going on. I mean, there's several states already that have passed laws and um, they're, you know, they're dangerous. Um, the penalties are very severe and um, you really need to make sure that you are you have a, as you did with DNC, you have to have a data privacy compliance person. I mean, they're, they're the two main things uh, that I really want to leave you with. Um, and then again, you know, any, any information that you want, um, any on uh, our coalition, please reach out to us. Um, Again, we're not, we're not going to be a huge organization. We really just want to make sure we have enough money to pay our lobbyists. And yeah, that's really what we're doing.
0: Yeah, someone someone, please pull me aside if I am doing conferences or <laughs> trade shows. Eh, eh. Uh-uh. We're just boots on the ground, work, 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 and get that that progress. So I think we are at that time now where we will bring Molly on to see if there's any audience questions that we can address. Okay. Hi, everyone. We do have a couple of questions. Our first one is, hi, Stuart and Rebecca. How important is it in discussions with Congress that you are representing call centers that have U.S.-based employees?
1: Uh, it, it's, a, you know, whether they're international or not, um, the fact that they do have U.S. employees is extremely important. Um, Congress, especially on the congressional side, where if you have a contact center in their congressional district, it's very important um you know we we can help facilitate for example uh having some of our uh members meet their congress folk um to to talk about that but it is important look we all know that there's an international this is an international industry uh an industry sector and there's going to be companies that have both u.s employees and outside um so right right now um but the employees are still important and we're in a really bad employment situation with call centers in the U.S. right now because of, uh, for a myriad of reasons, but hiring is not that easy.
0: Yep, yeah. and 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 actually um, one of the meetings that I have with a congressman out of Iowa where there are some call centers, um, he's actually the one that brought it up uh, with regards to the employees. So that was, it was actually good to hear. I, I appreciated hearing that there is awareness of the jobs um, and it does provide, you know, call center jobs to provide a certain area of, um, you know, jobs for, you know, people who maybe didn't, didn't get a college degree. I mean, it, it it employs a lot of people and provides a good life uh, for the families that are benefiting from hard work. I mean, they really are doing hard work. And it's unfortunate because I think the the bad rap that people get is that, you know, it's a smoke-filled room, maybe they used to be, but a smoke-filled room of people just you know, cold calling and being ugly and rude and disrespectful, it is so not that. Uh, maybe it was in the 70s and 80s, I don't know, before my time, but um, it's not, uh, it's not that. And for really, it's focused on the consumer side, so I am pleased to, to see that. All right, Molly? Yep, we got another one from the chat window. Any update on impact of the Trace Act so far? So impact to, and I'll just focus on the enterprise side. I'm not so much concerned about the carriers. Um, Impact to the enterprise, I would say more than anything is confusion. And uh, with regards to um, if their carrier is implementing stir shaken or not, Um, the Trace Act covers stir shaken. It also covers robocall mitigation. I think what we've had here is, a, is an issue of understanding and awareness of what this act would have on not just the carriers, but the enterprises. And so some businesses have taken advantage of that confusion and they're interjecting more confusion at a cost so you can pay to be confused further. Um, so, you know, from the ECAC, there's nothing for us to do, there is no action for us to take other than really more on the regulatory side because the Trace Act gives the FCC authority to do certain things, pass certain rules. So that's where our level of involvement will come in um, and represent the enterprise to ensure that it's not too disruptive uh, from where the Trace Act left off. But I don't see anything else coming that's like the Trace Act. If anything, what I am saying uh, on the Hill is stop passing more laws and introducing more bills. Leave it alone. If you thought what you had was such a good law, let it play out fully. And I am getting wins on that. And I really appreciate it. But it's everybody just gets a little antsy. It's like, stop piling on. You know on what it is?
1: Yeah, yeah. Rebecca, it's like, yeah, they want, as you said earlier, they want their name on the bill, unfortunately, yes. because even if it goes doesn't go anywhere, they can go to the constituents. See what I did? Yep. See, I, I stopped those calls, you know.
0: Right. So that's where we're at. So we are at time here. We would like to thank all of you for joining us for another episode of Tuesday Talks. We hope to see you all again on Tuesday, September 7th, where we will be joined by Jim McEachran to discuss stir shaken. Thank you everyone.